Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I'm always interested in the five components of freedom, financial, time, location, health, freedom, as well as mental freedom. And real estate is one of those traditional asset classes that has the ability to generate massive wealth, create generational wealth for you and your family, time, freedom, location, all types of freedom. And with that, I'm happy to introduce Mike Swenson. He's the founder of REL Freedom, which is also a podcast, and he's helping people achieve time and financial freedom through real estate. He's had several physicians on his podcast, and I'm happy to welcome him to the show. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, PondMatch is a great service. Um, tell people about your story and how you got started and, and what you're doing today. Yeah, so I am in real estate full-time. Um, I've been in real estate full-time since 2014, um, but I, I really started as a landlord. <clears throat> uh, I tell people kind of a forced landlord back in 2010. So when my wife and I bought our first townhouse right after we got married. I was super excited because it was only two years old. The complex was you know, newly built and we got the townhouse for, for a couple thousand dollars less than they bought it for brand new. And so I thought, oh, that's a great deal. We had the appraisal done it had appraised for above that. So we had instant equity and that's kind of what I knew about real estate at the time. So I was like a great deal. We got instant equity. And over the next couple of years um, with the market crash, I watched as the value of our townhouse was cut in half. Mm. And most of my neighbors uh, either foreclosed or short sailed and left. And so then I looked up and I was like, well, what are we going to do here? Are we going to, you know, we wanted to start a family. And I was like, do, are we going to start a family in this townhouse? Because um, I really thought it was going to be eight to 10 years before the market recovered. And so I started asking some questions. And so I reached out to my lender and I said, hey, what would it look like if we were to try to rent this out? Like, would we even be able to qualify for another property? Um, how does that work? And so I started to put together some pieces that helped me figure out, okay, we can do this. So what we ended up doing, and then, well, the kind of the last step is before I was going to make this leap, I wanted to find somebody that was going to rent it first. <laughs> and so my wife had a coworker that was looking for a townhouse. And so we had a lease in place, everything ready to go. We knew what we'd qualify for on the purchase side. And then we bought a short sale um, because I work construction in college. And so I like being able to fix up a property and um, be able to put some sweat equity into it. So that was kind of the piece for us that got us over the hump to become landlords ourselves. And then we owned that property from 2010 all the way up until 2022 um, and sold it. And I had some great experiences as a landlord or as a property manager, um, as well as landlord. Um, I tell people we had uh, a Elvis impersonator that was in there. Um, and so he had the second bedroom was all full of Elvis costumes that he he used. And he was he was a legit Elvis impersonator. He was really good. Um, and then I had, you know, some great tenants. And so it was a good experience, a good kind of 
um, beginning into real estate, beginning into an investment real estate, and then joined a, a residential real estate team in 2014, started my own team in 2020. And now we work exclusively with investors. A lot of them are out-of-state investors. Um, I'm located in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. And a lot of people um, you know, on the coasts love investing in the Midwest because you can get cash flow and appreciation at the same time. Um, so they kind of like that safe, stable Midwestern feel to their investment portfolio. So we help people with short-term, mid-term, long-term rentals, um, and now even moving into commercial properties with apartment complexes. Um, and then I have my yeah Real Freedom podcast where we talk about highlighting stories of people building wealth, time, and financial freedom through real estate. It's interesting because um, you know the guest right before you, she was also an accidental landlord, and she does like syndications. But it's quite interesting because you know you talk to Brit, you know normal people, they think when they, you say you're a real estate investor. Uh, landlordship right but um mm -hmm. <laughs> you know there's like so many you know you can be a mortgage broker agent you know invest you know all these things but um one one thing is uh if in in i know this again this is not advice and this may not be the best time to get in um you know given market conditions but um how do you know how do people just basically get started in real estate is it through home ownership you know tell tell more yeah i think you know, the thing that really excites me about working with investors is kind of that, I, I call them kind of first-time investors because at, on the residential side, we have first-time home buyers and you have to, you know, give them more education, kind of help walk them through because they've never done it before. And so I'm really excited and passionate about helping people that have kind of mental roadblocks, what they think might be financial roadblocks, and people that are just saying like, hey, I, you know, there's, I could give you 57 different reasons why I shouldn't be a landlord or why I shouldn't get into rental real estate. Um, because I want to really show people that, yeah, you can get started. There's so many ways to do it. Everybody's path's different. But what ends up happening is people just use, I don't have a money as an excuse, or I don't know enough about real estate as an excuse. So now I'm going to not do it for the next three to five years. And what you're doing is just pushing that financial freedom, time freedom date back three, five years. Uh -huh. And so, you know, what I tell people is <clears throat> number one, you can you can start with your own property. And and this is why I love my my Real Freedom podcast because I highlight people telling different stories. And so I had a guy that that's how he got started is the property that he lived in. He figured out, okay, I'm gonna rent out a bedroom here, bring in some additional income and use that money to be able to buy, get that next property. And then he had um uh, uh his partner at the time. Uh, she also owned a home and she did that. And then they came together and got married. Well, then you can turn that into a rental property, you know? And so I think start with where you're at. A lot of times people think I've got to have this, you know, bank account of just a hundred, hundred thousand dollars plus just sitting there untouched, ready to go, ready to do it. Well, re real estate investing doesn't look like that. You know, it's unlocking money that you have in other areas or getting started with a snowball with something like this. And so, could I rent out something? And it doesn't have to be Airbnb. Um, I had a, a buddy right out of college that bought a house and he rented out three or four of the bedrooms to his old roommates. Well, now he's building up equity. He's getting his mortgage paid for. Um, he's being able to finance the updates on the property. So I think start with where you're at and start small. If you're talking about real estate investing, maybe you've got a a friend or family member that wants to invest in real estate as well. And you guys could go in on a property together. Um, people that are interested in Airbnbs, um, there's a great thing out there, Airbnb arbitrage, 
where you find somebody that's looking to lease a place and you essentially come in as like a sublease and then you can fix up the property, furnish it, and then you can rent it out on Airbnb yourself. Now you'd have to get your landlord's permission to do that, but it's a way where you don't have to have a ton of money to be able to pour into it. Um, you just have to be able to be willing to kind of think outside the box a little bit and come up with something unique. But that's a great example of furnishing and updating a unit. Now you post it on Airbnb, maybe you rent it out for, you're paying your landlord, let's call it 1500 bucks, and maybe you make 3000 a month on Airbnb. Well, that's $1,500 a month that you can now pour into something else or put it aside to save for a larger investment. And so there's so many opportunities. And then with partnership deals and some of these you know, real estate syndications, you don't need a ton of money to get started. And so you could actually probably get into a syndication for less than you could to buy a duplex yourself with a 25% down payment. Um, you might need $25,000 or something like that to get started into a syndication. So there's a lot of opportunities. It's sitting down and mapping out what's going to be the best fit for you based on the time you have available. Cause that's a thing with physicians, right? You don't have a ton of time necessarily available. So you kind of got to figure out how to carve slivers of time to be able to educate yourself, pursue some of these opportunities so that you can start that snowball that's going to grow. Yeah. And it's really interesting because, um, like I said, there's so many different avenues. You can go the active route, you can go and then you can transition in the passive route or you can you know go directly in the passive it's, i think what you're highlighting is there's so many different ways of getting started um the main thing is you know getting started you know talk a little bit about if um because a lot of the listeners out there they're physicians they're doctors they have their homes they may have some properties but you know, they're sick and tired of, you know, tenants, toilets and trash and phone calls. And how do they transition from active to passive? Yeah. One of the things that I, I talk about that's helpful for people to think about is think about a three-sided triangle. And on each side, you've got, you've got three things, time, money, and expertise. And so what you want to do is you want to look at kind of what do I have in that triangle and then find somebody to leverage the other pieces of that triangle. So what I tell people is for me, um, because I'm a, I work with real estate investors full time, I'm analyzing deals all the time. I'm looking at opportunities. I'm good at expertise, right? Like I think I can do a pretty good job of that because I'm in um, real estate. I have time available. That doesn't mean I'm going to devote all of my time to like managing a property, but I also know great property managers that could help leverage my time, right? Um, and then the money side, I have money, but if I want to scale to a higher degree, that's kind of the piece that I'm looking for. Somebody who's a physician, right? You might have the money piece figured out. You may not have the time and you may not have the expertise. So it's really kind of finding, and that doesn't mean like you can't have multiple business partners or pursue multiple opportunities. It's not like you're just locking arms with this one person till the day you die. But think about like, what do I have to offer? And what is it that I'm missing that I can go find somebody that could be a good fit? Because I believe partnering with other people is a great way to do that. And so, <clears throat> so for a physician, it's okay, how do I find people that can meet those needs that I don't think I can meet right now, which which probably falls somewhere in the the time piece and somewhere in the expertise piece, and then go find people that can do that. And and yeah, if you're somebody looking for expertise and time, feel free to reach out to me. That's you know, if not me, I love consulting people and helping them fulfill their investment goals. 
And so it could be, hey, I've always thought about a short-term rental. Like, what does that look like? Well, you, you can find somebody, you know, if not me, find somebody that does do short-term rentals and does do short-term rentals in your area and could provide some expertise. But I think that the active passive piece is really important because, yeah, you said it, um, a lot of people don't want to be active investors. They want to be passive. Well, when we're analyzing properties, a lot of our deal calculators that we use, we fill in an amount for a property manager because even if you want to be an active, even if you want to manage the property now, as you scale, you want to think about the end in mind. You probably don't want to be a property manager when you have 100 units, right? <laughs> and so at some point, you're going to have to hire a property manager. So you want to make sure that your deal is going to make sense to be able to financially hire a property manager down the road. So you want to think ahead a couple steps. So a lot of people, yeah, when I get started as a way to kind of maximize that bottom line, I'll be the property manager myself. But if you're going to want to hire it in the future, you need to make sure the deal isn't skinny enough that you couldn't hire a property manager. And and I, I agree 100%. As a real estate agent, being in investment properties full-time, managing a property is the last thing that I want to do in terms of tenants, you know, the tenants, the toilets, um, and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why I find good property managers, right? Just like my kind of time, money, expertise triangle, I'm looking for a property manager that's a good fit for me and the the, the properties that we have and the properties that our investors have that can leverage the time, the the investors that we work with. So it's, it's really about, yeah, if you don't want to do it, don't, don't do it, but take your time then and go find a good property manager that can do it for you because they're, they're worth their weight in gold. Yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always it's all about leveraging your time and for buck for from your energy. There's two, you know, there's two real uh, big things um for the audience and the first thing is that um you know, you work with physicians as well and um you know, what sort of barriers, you know, do you see in physicians in becoming an investor and um, you know, what sort of patterns and traits, you know, that are different from traditional real estate investors? Yeah, I think the 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 physicians that I talk to, um, or even you know the people that I've had on the podcast, um, a lot of them it's it's thinking about what is life going to be like 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, you know, f physicians, you know, in in general, make good money. So we want to think about how do I allow that money to be able to to make me more money in the future versus having to insert myself into my practice to make money, right? Like what if you could make the same amount of money without ever having to show up for work? And so that's the hard thing. And it, it's it's like planting a tree. It takes time for those seedlings to grow. So if you're somebody right now that's a physician and you want to be financially free from your, your day job, right? You want to think about, okay, what if I pick up some some investment properties that start bringing in some cash flow because like an apartment complex doesn't bring in a ton of cash flow right away it takes time you know short term rentals can bring a little bit more if you're buy the right one and you market it well um you can make more cash flow in the short term but to replace your income as a physician it's going to take a little bit of time to do that so you want to start kind of sowing some seeds now so that you know, five, 10, 20 years from now, you've got enough income coming in where 
you can pick your spots a lot more and and free up your time. So that's why I'm so passionate, not only, like I said, the, the financial freedom, but the time freedom, um, which is where I think a lot of physicians that I've talked to struggle with is the time freedom because I'm so busy with my job and then I've got family and interests and all that other stuff that I'm doing. Um, I got to figure out a way to kind of get out of that and get the, the time freedom um, yeah. to be able to then produce the financial freedom down the road. You know, like I said, um, the last guest we were talking in, um, you know, what do you see with the current trends in the real estate market, especially, uh, you know, people say, you know, it's great time to buy. And then I'm, I'm my personal thoughts is it's very challenging. You have to be very strategic. You have to be able to pivot. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So the interest rates are certainly higher than where they were a year ago and two years ago. Um, the good news with that is, you know, as you know, we run financial deal calculators on all of our investments, you know, doing our due diligence. So, you know, if you can get something to pencil, because once again, kind of Midwest, I mentioned we're going for cash flow um, and appreciation where, yeah, if you're if you're looking in California, you may not be able to find the cash flow. The appreciation is great. So we're looking at how do we get a deal to cash flow and then also enjoy that appreciation? Well, if you can get it to cash flow right now at the interest rates and what they are, then when the rates do go down in the future and you have an opportunity to refinance, now that's going to make things a lot better for you. So I think the good news now is, you know, you're buying at a time where the money is more expensive than it will be in the future. Now we don't know how long that's going to be. You know, it might be a year, it might be two years from now um, to get back to kind of the the two percent to three percent rates. It may take a few more years, but if you can get it to to pencil in right now from a cash flow perspective, then you'll be able to take advantage of that financial future when the rates do drop down. And so. Um, you know, you don't, you don't definitely don't want to buy something right now that's not going to pencil for cash flow. Um, so we need to be a little bit more conservative. We need to kind of pick our spots, but there's still deals to be had out there. And and what we're seeing is the longer that interest rates stay high, the more pressure that puts on the price, right? Because even six months ago, <clears throat> rates jump up, the sellers look up and they say, Hey, well, so and so sold it for for you know, sold this comp down the road for this a month or two before. So I'm going to hold firm on the price. And what people are seeing now is there's a lot of people just not buying. And so now that starts to put that downward pressure on the price where people are like, hey, if I do want to sell this, I need to sell it for less than maybe what I thought I could six months ago or what my neighbor sold it for six months from now. So there is a little bit of that softening happening where sellers are waking up saying, well, if I actually want it to sell, because you know, a year ago, even as we would do inspections on properties, you know, there's stuff that comes up. I always encourage my buyers, you know, we really want to hammer stuff that provide that presents safety issues or like structural issues. And so when an inspection would come up, a seller, you know, I, I would often phrase it like, well, because of safety or because of the structure, here's what we're looking for for concessions as a result of an inspection. And a lot of times the seller's just like, kick rocks. I got five other people that are going to buy this thing if you don't want it, right? So we didn't have as much leverage or negotiating power with a seller. But now that the market's softening up a little bit, we do have some more negotiating leverage. So um, so if you find those deals that can pencil on paper, you have a little bit more leveraging leverage and negotiating room with sellers to pick up a property that, yeah, you hold it now, the numbers make sense. 
down the road as the rates start to creep down, you find that time where strategically it makes sense to refinance and now you're in a much better cash flow situation. Yeah. It really in what particular asset classes? Cause um, you know, because uh particularly I'm really curious about commercial with uh there's this dilemma because you have the high rates and you have these commercial office buildings vacant because of work from home. And then then if they try to refinance they, they, you know, they're paying more. And so, you know, given that situation, I see commercial real estate taking a dip, but, uh, you know, what, and it, I would agree with you. So yeah, I should, I should clarify my previous comments. The, the commercial that we do is commercial residential, um, uh, because it's kind of the apartment complexes. Um, you know, we've, we've got a housing shor shortage, I'm with you there on the commercial office space side um, because I kind of look up to even a few years ago when when I was looking at commercial space um, office space for my my previous company, you know, we went and looked at some office space and then we signed, I think it was maybe a 12 or an 18 month lease with a short term opportunity there. And then we came back and looked again and it was like the same places were still available. And that was right before COVID hit, uh, before all the work from home stuff happened. So yeah, a lot of my, you know, friends and, and acquaintances, I hear them, they're like, yeah, we show up for work one day a week and there's nobody there, you know, for some of these large companies. So I think that um, the office space, there's, there's going to be a lot more pressure there. And I think a great opportunity is if we can do that, convert office space into residential space, um, because we have such a housing shortage right now, um, in terms of you know units that we need to be building to keep up with the supply, and we're going to have you know these people that enjoy working from home. I I enjoy working from home. That's where I am right now. Um, I think we'll continue to see that pressure on the commercial space, and I think yeah, the a great opportunity is how do we find a way to turn that into residential and and kind of work with that housing shortage at the same time. But I, I agree, commercial is a a spot, which is why I'm not focusing on it as much right now because. I don't know where it's going to land. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's just basically you see the storm coming and it's just um but then there's other asset classes there's like a here multifamily apartment, you know, there's self-storage uh, <clears throat> car washes I heard which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um so there's just you know there's like pockets and you know you have to be more strategic and selective like you said. Um yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why our investors were focusing on the multifamily commercial side because I I do feel like there's there's a great opportunity there. Yeah, if people want to follow you, check your podcast out, you know, reach out to you on social media. How can they do that? Yeah. So yeah, so our podcast it's it's real freedom, but it's spelled R E L. Um, which stands for real estate leveraged freedom. That's the REL, how it came to be. And so if you go to relfreedom.com, um, you can see there we've got our episodes of our podcast. And then two, I have more and more content on real estate investing, um, how to get started, how to overcome barriers, all sorts of options. You know, like we said, all those different asset classes, I've worked with a lot of them, um, not all of them, but I help investors find deals that fit. And I kind of say I'm a an investor matchmaker, you know, based on your preferences, um, based on your time available and based on what you're really 
wanting to move forward with, we'll find something that's a good fit for you that meets your goals. And so um, even, and I always tell people I'm in Minnesota, but at the same time, I love talking to people and helping people overcome those barriers to get started. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, let me know if, you know, Hey, I've got this question or I, I don't really know how to get started. What steps can I take? Because everybody's situation is different. So reach out to me, but yeah, realfreedom.com, realfreedom.com, um, start a conversation and happy to help any way I can. Yeah. And uh, for all the audience out there, let's thank Mike for very engaging, enlightening conversation. Like I said, uh, real estate is one of the best ways to build wealth. You know, one of the top two in my playbook and all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to check him out. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.